Welcome to the Future Is podcast, where we explore the future of your life and business. I'm your host, Joe Topis. I run global marketing for Honeywell, and I am, uh, of course, a future shaper. So today we're recording in early April as the coronavirus continues to spread here in the United States and around the world. And to help contribute N95 mass to the strategic national stockpile, Honeywell has transformed two now of its U.S. facilities to manufacture those masks. To talk to us about those changes and uh, why the masks are so important is uh, Will Lang, who leads our personal protective equipment business at Honeywell. And so, Will, welcome. Thanks, Joe. So first off, hopefully you're, you're staying safe and healthy. Uh, I hope you and, and your family are, uh, are, are doing what's necessary during this time. Yes, we have been uh, we've been working from home for three weeks, uh, practicing safe social distancing techniques, washing our hands, um, and making sure we're not touching our faces. Uh, it's been a challenge. Um, it's been a new way of life, but uh, we've adjusted, and uh, it's been going well. Good, good. Yeah, we all have, right? It's been a, a whole new world for everybody. You know what? Well, I, I'd like to get to know you a little bit more. So. First of all, um, how long have you been with Honeywell? Uh, so I've been with Honeywell now for about uh, two years. What's your career background? What's your professional background? So it's very interesting. Uh, I spent uh, I spent 20 years in the healthcare industry okay. before coming over to the safety industry. Um, so uh, I feel in a lot of ways right now I'm, I'm going back to what I kind of grew up in. So I, we feel very comfortable operating um, in health systems as we try and help them get the gear that they need, uh, kind of understand how they, they operate and, and what their goals and objectives are. So uh, that's helped me kind of make sure we're putting ourselves in the right position um, to, to solve their needs on a daily basis. So let's start with the basics. What is an N95 mask? So basically an N95 mask is a, is a respirator that protects the individual who is wearing it from 95% of the particles in the air as they breathe in and out. What's the difference then between a a regular mask, a cloth mask, and this N95 uh, mask? Yeah, so an N95 mask is, is specifically built with materials that filter out those particles in the air, um, whereas a regular, call it cloth mask, or uh, if you were to wear a scarf or something, it's not purposely built and tested to filter out you know, a specific subset of particles in the air. So you mentioned the Rhode Island facility makes the safety glasses uh, normally. The factory in Phoenix, I believe, is is on the aerospace side, right? And an engines um, a business. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. the The Phoenix facility is a, is an aero facility um, that had some space, um, so we obviously have a, a big global um, real estate team that helped us uh, understand where we had uh, space within facilities, and so we moved some gear out of there. Uh, in Phoenix, and uh, we actually delivered uh, the first machines uh, yesterday in Phoenix. So uh, the process is just starting in Phoenix. We've cleared the space. The first machines have arrived. Um, you know, we're starting hiring uh, there as well. 
But it's really great to be part of a larger organization like Honeywell right now um, because we have so many facilities throughout the world that we can leverage space that we have in our network already today. Unbelievable. Give us some perspective on this. How, how long would it normally take to build uh, and staff and, um, and, and begin operations under normal circumstances? Yes, yeah, sir. Under normal circumstances, Joe, I mean, you're looking at roughly six to eight months for a build out of this size. Um, we've been doing a similar build out for another portion of our, um, our PPE business um, in Clover, South Carolina, and that's taken about nine months. Um, so to give you some kind of, uh, you know, uh, relevant um, comparison is we are basically we're doing something that normally takes nine months in a matter of six to eight weeks. And as you mentioned, you're hiring for this as well, which, of course, is a, a critical issue we have here. I think I read uh, a thousand jobs in the two locations combined, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's uh, a good point. So we're, we're putting uh, 500 jobs in each location, obviously, given the current environment um, in, in the U.S., uh, you know, adding jobs right now is, is great for, for the economy and for people. And we're, we're excited about that. Um, you know, it's one of the challenges, though, that we face right now is is how do you hire 500 people uh, in, in this time? So how do you practice good, <laughs> yeah. safe social distancing? Doing that. <laughs> yeah. So so we've uh, we've deployed a couple of techniques. We've, we've done some virtual uh, um, interviews and, and hirings. And then, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. you know, we're bringing people in in waves, um, you know, versus, you know, bringing in hundred people at a time um, so we can practice safe social distancing as uh, as we kind of do the final on-site uh, interviews. And so your Smithfield, Rhode Island plant was announced first and then just recently the, um, the, the Arizona one. When do we expect the Smithfield, Rhode Island plant to be up and um, producing mass? Well, it should be producing mass the, the week of uh, April 20th. So uh, we're just a few weeks away here. Um, so it's exciting uh, that we are uh, we're getting to the end of uh, of the setup journey, and uh, we're starting uh, the production journey. Now we we have a ramp up of that facility um, that'll take another six to eight weeks, and so we are uh, you know we'll start producing. We'll, we won't be producing at max levels day one, but we ramp up as soon as possible to that max capacity. You, you mentioned earlier that, you know, this is a multiple of what you would normally be producing. So the spike must be just tremendous, the, the, the demand, obviously. Oh, yeah. The, the demand, the demand uh, that we're seeing right now is about 3.2 billion masks are needed. And uh, it's virtually, well, I mean, it is virtually impossible to meet that spike in demand. Um, but we're trying to do everything we can um, to add to the available resources in the marketplace. What are we doing to make sure that we're protecting uh, employees while they make these masks that are protecting others? Yeah, sure. So we are uh, we're following all the guidelines. You know, uh, keeping our people safe is is uh, is our utmost priority. Um, so we are making sure that they're practicing, uh, you know, six feet of, of distance. Um, we're sanitizing all areas multiple times a day. Um, and, uh, and then we are providing masks for our employees as well. What other types of PPE are, are, are we producing at Honeywell? 
I think the easiest way to think about it is, is we really cover everything from head to toe. So if you kind of start at the top of the head, we manufacture hard hats. We have protective eyewear. So our Smithfield facility, um, where we're adding N95s, um, has been producing eyewear for a number of years there. And they have uh, been producing um, a lot of goggles right now. Um, so we do have a big goggle business. So it, it's been very relevant in, in this environment. Um, we have uh, gloves. We have protective footwear. Um, we have fall protection equipment for uh, high-risk applications. And then obviously we have our respiratory portfolio that covers everything from N95s to full PAPR systems, and then even all the way up to uh, the BSL-4 suits that are used in the CDC-type facilities. Okay, got it. Yeah, the healthcare experts have been saying that there is potential for uh, recurrence, a surge of sorts in the fall in different parts of the world. Um, How are we making sure that we're preparing for that Right at this point, we're sort of reactive to the market because we've we've needed to you know quickly address it. Are we thinking about that in the in the future? Absolutely, Joe. I mean, it's really a collective effort across the across the industry to try and uh, ramp up production as much as possible to help in this situation. But I think the key thing here that everybody's learning is that they have to prepare for these types of events. Um, we can't just wait for them to happen and be reactive. We have to be proactive and and start building stockpiles of equipment that can be uh, delivered to the the hardest hit areas when needed. And and that's what we're really been focused on with with a number of states um, here in the U.S. Uh, obviously, the national government here as they prepare for for future situations that they will be able to uh, have the supplies needed um, for when those things occur. Any stories, any any insights into the kinds of things? I mean, you're just talking about getting your factories up and running so quickly is is really eye opening. Any any interesting uh, insights or, or or thoughts on your team? Yeah, Joe. I mean, I'll, I'll start by saying this: I'm so proud of this team. I mean, they have they are really working hard. They are they're grinding out every day to get as much out as possible. I mean, we've pulled in the timelines at those facilities, um, you know, over four weeks at both sites. Um, we have a we have five meetings a day, uh, specifically on getting those those facilities up and running. And uh, everyone's putting in a hundred and ten percent effort right now. And it's it's really been you know I, I feel super proud to see all the work that we're doing to help out in this crisis as a company. Um, and it's been uh, it's been truly uh, eye opening and enlightening, uh, and I'm just super excited every day to to come to work right now and, and see how we can help um, those in need. So I normally at the end of the uh, podcast, Will, I normally uh, go and ask three questions. When you were a kid, Will, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I wanted to be, uh, this is funny, um, I wanted to be a GM of a sports franchise, right? So this is, uh, this was my, uh, my growing up, uh, yes, the Chicago Bears. I mean, I was uh, absolutely growing up a huge Bears fan and, uh, and I wanted to be the GM of the Bears and uh, help put uh, the team on the field to win the games. All right. So um, if there was a piece of technology uh, what would be the piece of technology that you could not live without? 
I mean, right now, it, it read my phone. I mean, it, it's it's nonstop. You know, just been living on my phone for for the last uh, two and a half months. The last question, which I think is always uh, useful, if you were to look in your email inbox, how many unread emails would we find? Uh, I am a little OCD on this one, Joe, I'll be honest. Um, so you will find no unread emails. Um, I can't go to sleep Zero. at night. I can't go to sleep at night unless there are no unread emails. Um, and, uh, you know, right now my, my inbox is, uh, there's a lot of messages I have not categorized into folders yet, but, uh, I will get there. I'm going to catch up at some point. I mean, but I try and make sure I at least get my eyes on every email that comes in my inbox. Awesome. Well, Hey, Will, thank you for spending time, um, uh, with us this morning. Um, I know you are, uh, very busy with, um, helping, uh, helping us, out of this uh, tremendous um, situation that we're in. So thank you. I'll let you get back to the work at hand. But uh, thanks for spending time and sharing a little bit about what's going on with us. Thanks, Joe. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Future Is. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review where you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to go behind the scenes of future technology. (laughs) 